Hey guys, Dominic Neshi here from Wealthy. Before we jump into the podcast, I wanted to just remind you that if you are enjoying the content that we're creating, you're liking the guests and getting something out of it, please like, subscribe and pass it on to all your friends that might find it helpful. And remember that all of this is ultimately so you can learn how to build wealth through property. If you have an existing portfolio or you're looking to start that journey, feel free to reach out to me and the team and we'll find out ways that we can help you. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the next episode. Hey guys, Dominic Neshi here from Wealthy. This is the podcast dedicated to giving you tools, tips, and the mindset needed to set you financially free. Today, I'm very, very excited. It is our first powerful woman after 25 or so episodes crazy. Um, Christina is one of Australia's leading experts on success, belief, conviction, and commitment. For over 25 years, she has walked an extraordinary path running businesses. You're a mother of two. You have your own home in the beautiful Sunshine Coast. Um, You're completely unencumbered by debt, mind you. Um, Christina is the leader or founder of The Leading Women, a series of transformational programs and events energizing women from all walks of life. Um, to achieve sustainable and su- uh, sustainable success and empowerment. Christina is also a partner of the Thought Leaders Global, an international educational company obsessed with helping clever people in organizations be commercially savvy. How can you actually make the most of what you've gotten up in here? Where we actually met Christina is over the lunchroom over here. She's written two books, How to Have It All and True Believers. So without further ado... Thank you very much for coming on our podcast. You're very welcome. It was funny, you know, when I first met you um, and we we're talking about what your business is and you said wealthy and, and you know, your, the business and the work that you do. And I went, oh, and we started, just started chatting straight up, didn't we? Mm-hmm. You know, about money and wealth and, and the mindsets around it. So thanks. Thanks so much for the opportunity to share. No, I really, really, it's great having you on the show because you're, the way I understand you and your book, it's, it's more than... We're like-minded. The way that we see wealth is more than just financial. It's about owning your own time. It's about appreciating the things that you have around you, having physical health as well as your financial freedoms. Um, and But before we jump into that, I want to just ask a little bit about your story. I, I, I've read your bios. Um, we've got a brief conversation. It sounds like you've had quite a journey, you know, running your own businesses, being a high executive, running, writing these books. Tell us a little bit about you. Oh, thanks. Um, look, I, I started um, in retail, actually, and um, started with my department stores. And, you know, big institutions, how they're very structured and there's there's lots of um, – uh, they've had a lot of experience in different areas. So I started off um, yeah, as a customer service manager in Maya, and I started to get a little bit of a taste and a feel for um, leadership and for sales and for people, marketing. So it was a bit of a one-stop shop, you know, when you win such a big organisation. So I was leading the jewellery department, actually, and I had I was I think I was, you know, 21 and I had, um, uh, you know, something like 30 staff that I was looking after. So I kind of um, always started um, young, I guess. Um, one particular person that has influenced me a lot in my life is my, my dad because um, he's Greek, he's an immigrant, came out and, and like a lot of immigrants, you know, work hard to... To, to, to build up what they've got and um, and you know he was a, a man he's still alive by the way he's in his 70s um, really um, has a great value around taking you know ownership and responsibility and so he taught me at a really early age not to kind of make excuses and to actually really 
just take ownership and to actually really stay out of drama. So I think that was some of the sort of great lessons that I learned. So as I went forth in my career, um, you know, dad kind of looked at me and he had his real estate business. So he started, um, uh, you know, when he was uh, came out from Greece, he started um, uh, saving up clearly. And then he started buying and selling houses, mm-hmm. um, which is incredible with his brother and uh, my dad's Arthur Conius. Um and um, he started doing that, and uh, then he started uh, buying real estate offices and and, uh, and owning those. And so um, he tapped me on the shoulder after seven years in retail and said, "Come on, you come into real estate." And I said, "Am I?" And he said, "Yeah, you are." So um, so I've sat in every seat in the real estate office, you know, from a property management to sales to um, managing my own office and my own team. So um, that's that's been my career. I mean, I, I mean, real estate being real estate has been. Um, you know, it's really, it's negotiation, it's communication, you know, it, it's people, it's it's the whole lot. So, um, and throughout that time, um, you know, um, me and my former husband, I had a 29-year great um, relationship, but we finished that about five years ago, one of those kind of very interesting amicable finishes, but, you know, gifted each other the rest of our lives. So, but throughout that time in my relationship, um, in my marriage, um, we, we basically had me at work earning the dollars in real estate because it was it were a very successful office and and we earned good money there great team you know a leader's only as good as a great team mm-hmm. and um, so I was peeling off money I remember I actually remember um, days that you know the, it would be payday as such and 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 I'd walk to to the bank and and I'd ring ring my phone and say oh we you know I've just paid thirty grand off the you know that that mortgage or that mortgage because we we had a few developments and things so um so so for me um you know i had these lovely layers i guess of of kind of um you know great father that set me some sort of strong take ownership piece and then to being involved in you know big organization that taught me stuff and then you know being able to go into real estate learning about um property from different views you know from being me being a um, property investor myself small small property investor but someone that d- doing it for ourselves when i say small we, we did a lot with principal places ourselves so mm-hmm. that was one of the things that we kind of did we always flipping built, your own home yeah just we always built we always bought we built or we halved or we all that sort of stuff that you do and so then i went um i, I woke up sort of one day in, in 2011 after being in real estate 15 years and I said you know what I think there's something next for me and so I had a lot of um, particularly women in real estate coming approaching me Dom and, and saying hey um, you know how do you like you know kind of work five days a week only when all of us are working seven days right mm-hmm. um, how come you get you take good holidays you've got like you know you've got four or five properties that you're, you're always doing and doing stuff and I went oh I haven't really thought about how I did I just do it you know mm-hmm. you, don't, you know you don't really and then, um, and sure enough, it sort of coincided with me this transition period. So, so I finished my real estate career and I started building a business um, um, as a thought leader. A thought leader is just someone that's known for what they know. So it's someone that sort of unpacks their thinking. I, I guess we kind of extract our expertise from our life experiences, right? Certainly. And um, and uh, and then I started kind of writing, creating this uh, these messages, which then has become. Um, you know, a very, very fulfilling uh, business. I'm really, really grateful for, you know, the people that you meet along the way that inspire you to sort of make these courageous changes, right? Certainly. Because um, leaving a, a beautiful father that had a, a, a plan or a legacy that I was going to take over the business of one day, um, you know, really did and um, was a challenge for him. It was, um, had to be courageous for me. I remember when I, I quit my real estate uh, career, I remember the day 
Um, I, so I had, I did have four mortgages. I was the uh, the only breadwinner in my family, so I was the the one that was funding, and and my uh, former husband was uh, basically project managing the properties, etc. So I had the mortgages. I didn't really know what I was going to do, but I just knew that. That, that it was time for me to change and to move through and to start learning. So I just started educating myself um, through Thought Leaders, which is an educational company on how to become um, a successful um, mentor, speaker, author. So um, I, I don't, I don't, I'm a, I'm a, I talk a lot. So that was no, a really, that was good. That let, was a really long, let, let long me, answer. Let me unpack some of that. Let me unpack it all because that was a big story. I said, give me the story, and you gave all of it <laughs> well, to me. I'm 51 years old now, Dom, and so there's a lot to do. That's five decades. And you only right? just started. <laughs> So what, what, what I really heard there, and, and I can understand why you would now become a thought leader because, and no disrespect to other people in that industry, but you can't be a thought leader unless you've had a wealth of experience. So you've, you've you know, you're a young woman, 21, running 30 people staff in a massive organization, transitioning into real estate, that's a change of all of your daily habits, new skill sets, new licenses, new everything, new industry. You dominated that space. You ran a successful agency, started, you, you grew a family, had multiple developments that you were running, and then after a while of running this organization for a long, long time, most people would say, hey, I've reached it, this is my success, I'm going to keep on doing this and sort of go into a bit of a, a fixed mindset. It would be incredibly difficult to then switch out of that and say, I'm going to do something entirely different again. And I think one of the most courageous things that people can do out there is have a look at what they're doing now and then jump out of that comfort zone. Yeah. Being being okay with sacrificing something good to go after something that's great. Yeah. So I commend you on that. That's incredible. And it's great that you're able to share that story because I'm sure there's many women that are sitting out there in particular that are in a, a successful in their own right but don't feel fulfilled and there's something more out there that they want to go and chase. Now... If I may, I want to ask you a couple more questions. So one thing that came to me when reading your book or going through your book, I had to, when, when caught up yesterday, so I had to read very quickly, um, How to Have It All. Uh, tell me a little bit about work-life balance. Do you believe it's an actual thing? And let me preface this before you answer the question immediately. Because I have a, a philosophy on work-life balance, and I think that There'll be a time where you work really hard and then you can actually come back off and then and, and ease off a little bit. And work-life balance doesn't necessarily mean that in one given week you have to have the perfect relationship between work and balance and home. And it might be over a month that you have work-life balance or... It's Love a, to hear your thoughts. It's such a great, um, great topic of discussion. I think if we went one level higher and said, well, you know, what does success look like? Because I think you're right. I mean, look at the all the statistics around mental health these days and, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, with the World Health Organization, you know, talking about, you know, the, the, the debilitating effects of um, mental illness on people. And, and so something's kind of not working, right? There, there is, and, and, you know, the, I would talk a lot about the, the um, you know, the, the quality of uh, a lot of our lives. Um, when you look at the, you know, the, the, the facilities or things are getting better, like our institutions, our technology, etc., is getting better, but actually often the quality of life is going down. So when you look at what does success mean to people, um, I think what's happened over time, Dom, Dominique, is that um, people have um, kind of climbed up this ladder and not really thought too much before the climb of what they really want. And so for me, when in the answer to your question about work-life balance, it's, it's about really deciding... A lot of the time along the way, stopping and pausing 
and taking a, a stock take or a look at your life and going, you know what, is this what I want next? Instead of just going, because you see your values change. Like the value of a, a young person when I was 21 is, is this. And, you know, I've, I've raised two children. I've got a 23-year-old and a 21-year-old. And, and, you know, so you, know, you go in those different areas of your life, you would have come across a lot of your clients, a lot of people that, you know, have kind of worked in decades often. And so... You know, for me, when I wrote How to Have It All, the whole premise around the book is is around um, delivering on the promises that you make to yourself and also that's around your values. So asking yourself, I write a lot about values, I talk a lot about values, is, you know, what do you truly value in your life um, around potentially your health, around your wealth and around your relationships and getting really clear on those and, and, and really, instead of just goals, so I'm a little bit of a, I'll kind of throw some, some sto- stones at, uh, at, at the old idea of goals. Um, you've got to throw stones at something in a, in a good business, right? But, you know, I'd prefer to talk about values. And so, you know, you know, might want to, I mean, how many people want to lose weight? Mm-hmm. want to lose, you t- and when they talk, they want to lose weight, but they can't lose the weight. So when you get right underneath the why wanting to lose weight. So, you know, um, I'm pretty passionate, as you can see, about really getting kind of under, underneath the skin of people to say, you know what, what do you really want, but why do you really want it in those areas? So for me, work-life balance is about having a really healthy combination of work, rest and play. So when I look at my calendars, I teach people how to kind of colour code calendars, how to plan the year ahead, plan it, and to actually look at, okay, so it doesn't mean that you're going to have work, rest and play, you know, all in the same day. Some days you won't have the, hopefully you'll always have the rest, but, you know, the work and the, and the play won't necessarily happen, but you'll kind of chunk out time. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about helping people to get their dollars up Mm-hmm. and their hours down mm-hmm. so to me that's balance and so how do we and i mean you're all about this too you know how do we maximize our wealth so that and, and essentially also how can we earn enough money that money gets out of the way well that's a prim, prim, the premise behind a whole business how does your passive income Fantastic. E- exceed yeah. your expenses beautiful absolutely beautiful own your time well that's why we that's what we're talking yeah. you know it's it's you know and, and and you can hear my voice you know my middle name should have been conviction i get excited about these things that's why i love talking with you and um you know so for, for me it's about people can just go 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 and you know what let's face it there's a lot of the drivers can be ego so you know so ego can eat you up alive Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of life lessons um, can teach us a lot of things, can bring us down a few pegs. Yeah, I've been brought down a few pegs in my lifetime. Certainly. You know, but, but what I've seen is that, um, and, 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 you know, women are much more likely to die in poverty, to live and die in poverty. And so what you'll find is overall women don't have as big ego. But what we've got to do with women, I'm passionate about as a CEO of Leading Women, is help women to, to actually see what's possible. Um, I know that you asked me, um, you know, what's a particular um, book that I love to recommend and it might just You're be... You're jumping ahead yeah, of the questions. It, yeah, I absolutely yeah. <laughs> but, but, but at this point, I just want to just say, while I'm talking just on Please this Please do, thing, yes. I get so excited. Is that there's a wonderful woman that I met called Lisa Barber mm-hmm. and she's with Hill Ross and she's a financial advisor and... And uh, we worked together a little bit on her, her first book, and it's called A Woman's Guide to Wealth. Mm-hmm. Incredible woman. But what she's, she's uh, shared with us, and, and she's spoken at some of my Leading Women events, is um, you know when, uh, when her fa- father was only 49, he passed away when she was a young girl and left her mum with no clue. No clue how to pay the bills, no, ha- no clue how to 
um, manage finances. It's very, very common, you know. And you know what? We're only just seeing the last, you know, a couple of decades of women starting to be a bit more empowered. And so, but women are really behind the eight ball generally in financial intelligence. And so I love women like Lisa Barber. May I ask you, why do you think that is? Mm. Why, why do you think that there are so many women that feel disenfranchised or not confident or for one reason or another don't um, step into that role? Is it, is it a legacy uh, feeling where it was, you know, the old school man was the breadwinner, went out and then it's like, you know, old habits that you pick up from your mum back in the day that yeah. was traditionally at home yeah, cooking absolutely. and cleaning? I think it's a lot of that. When you look at the home economics journals from the 1950s, mm-hmm. right, so when you look at, that's our parents. So so this current generation where you and I are hanging about um, is that when you look at our, our parents, um, we're, we're just, we're coming from parents that had, gen, most cases had a traditional role. So home economics says that, um, you know, that, you know, when, when the husband comes home to make sure that, um, I was reading it the other day, having a little bit of a smile actually, um, um, you know, making sure that, you know, you're quiet, that you don't disturb him, that the dinner is ready um, and, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And I go, okay, but, you know, very old-fashioned. You know, my, my beautiful mum, who's a very intelligent woman and an incredible woman, um, she's chosen, um, she's in her 70s, to work in the home. So so what she knows is how to be an incredible mum, incredible um, homekeeper, et cetera. So that what happens is a lot of women, um, so my generation now, Mm -hmm. um, so women that are in their sort of 40s to sort of 60 um, mark, is that this is new ground for us. Um, It's new ground for the men too in association with us. So we're learning. um, But, but, you know, at the end of all of my events, I say to, uh, to the women, look, you've got the glass ceiling. And a lot of women have been trying to break through and smash through that glass ceiling and what's what's not working is a lot of women are cutting themselves. They're getting smashed up. They, they you know, there's there's so much passion and energy, and, and we do want to break through those glass ceilings. Don't get me wrong. I'm mean, very passionate about helping that. What I really like to work on with women is to get off the sticky floor. So to get off the floor that keeps them stuck, that maybe um, allows them to not take responsibility, to make excuses, to stay into drama, and to actually take responsibility so that then they can go. And that is when we create more and more powerful leaders and women that aren't living and dying in poverty. So is that then, that, that comes down to limiting beliefs? Is that where people are getting off the sticky floor, uh, the previous generations not knowing that they could go after that or start jumping up and going and earning more money and having financial control. So is that part of, um, you know, people having or women having limiting beliefs around what they can earn and what they can do and what they can strive for? It is partly in some cases, yes. It's also environment. Um, You know, like in, um, for instance, if you look in Australia, um, you know, there's still a huge um, um, gender pay gap mm-hmm. you know there's a huge gap and and so all these things mean that um historically um women have um have not been able to um achieve because the environment hasn't been right i mean i know that i'm a big advocate of um having more female speakers on conference circuits so i've got there's a whole bunch of really cool men that i work with that um, actually went through a phase that they were actually boycotting speaking at conferences unless there was 50 percent women I'm turning up. So what it is, is it's about historically women 
um, have not been heard as much and so now it is the voice. I'm really passionate on women having a strong voice but also a loving voice. Mm-hmm. And so um, I kind of, you know, I think that women have such a beautiful feminine power and I want women to stay in their power but also be able to be vulnerable. And it's also um, helping men to understand how do you how do you handle women like me that are, you know, strong, successful women? Um, but how do you – because there's a, there's a lot of um, – um, you know, uh, belief that, um, that 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 sometimes women, um, as they're starting to be empowered, are not as approachable, etc. And um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. It's they say it's going to take another hundred years at least for us to get that equality piece. We're just about to go into International Women's Day, um, and uh, and so you know, when I speak at an event on that day, it's just making people just a little bit more aware. There's a lot of fantastic male champions out there. That's interesting that you say that because I I, I read a little bit in this space where. Um, many women feel that they need to have that masculinity in order to break the ceiling, to go forward, to be leaders, when really it's, yes, there is a masculine energy that you need to get to these places that, that you almost know, testosterone or yeah. that aggression, yeah. but, but it's that feminine energy that makes you so powerful. Yeah. The, the, the empathy, the ability to sort of relate. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what makes, in my mind, I don't want to be sexist or anything, but what makes women so special and interesting and unique is that from even such a young, a young age that you're able to empathise far better than yeah, men are. 100%. I think there's a, there's a whole world of education happening at the moment where we're starting to understand um, um, you know, how men, men and women particularly operate and how, how to better work together. Um, you know, and, and equality is not necessarily saying that we're the same. So equality... Certainly not. We, we are absolutely not the same. So I love what you said. It's so true, is that... You know, men have a, um, the feminine power as well as the masculine power. And women have the feminine masculine. So, so you know, I'm really, really passionate about helping women to get that right, you know, like um, to, to, to allow them to have um, what I call um, peace and power. So um, that combination of peace and power. And that, and that is all part of the wealth, the wealth mindsets that, that we want to have, you know, to develop that, that great life. Well, let me ask you a couple uh, more tools and tactics here, if I will. Because um, we've spoken a little esoterically, which has been great, but I want to see if, if people listening to this can walk away with some very specific things that they can use. Now, what I got from your book in How to Have It All is there are a few main chapters in there that I found particularly interesting. Um, you speak about taking responsibility. So taking stock, as I understood, taking stock of your current life, being aware of what's happening, you know, f- accepting where you are and then making some decisions about going forward. Mm. Absolutely, it's a big one. Um, I, uh, I, a lot of my stuff is all about having that excuse-free uh, mantra. I mean, look, um, you know, uh, Bronnie Ware, a palliative nurse that um, that worked with those that were at the end of their lives, and she, um, she listened to them and listened to the most common thing that we say at the end of our life. And so, you know, you want to, and you want to hear this. You want to know, you know, what are the the most likely thing that people um, say at the end of their life is? I wish I had the courage to live the life that I wanted, not what others expected of me. So so for me, in my work and my beliefs are that if we can have people really take responsibility for what they want and try to adopt this excuse-free um, mantra, this excuse-free way of life, again, I thank my dad um, for, for putting that energy out there. So I guess it's become my core as a mentor. So, you know, I and, and, and you know what, and I think uh, great business people, great leaders, um, you know, you know, they would never ask someone to do something or be something unless 
um, they're really aligned with those values. And, and for me, um, you know, the reason why I believe that I have been successful in my life is because I have adopted that. So it's about then us as leaders to be able to not being a persecutor and not being a rescuer. So women can be really, really good at rescuing. So we're natural nurturers. We want to help you. We want to save the world. Mm -hmm. But we can. the reason why women are less likely to have that wealth or have been less likely is that they will give their own shirt off their back, and that's important, but it is the oxygen mask, is that we have to make sure that we support ourselves and make sure that we're right. Um, I say, because I've been in sales for 30 years, for men and women, the first sale is always to yourself. So the, the ultimate in responsibility is to look after yourself really, really well, your mental, physical, spiritual, financial um, wealth um, and health is, is to make sure you look after that. I love that metaphor that you just used because I, I, I actually use it very often yes. that when you sit on a plane and they take you through the security, mm. they say, before you go and look after your kids, yeah. put your mask on yourself because yeah. then you're better equipped to look after everyone else around you. Yeah. So I think taking stock and responsibility and have a very clear understanding of what your yeah. your powers are, what yeah. your weaknesses are, understanding yeah. what you can do and what you can control, yeah. keeping out of bullshit, excuse yeah. the French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because you're going to get weighed down with a lot of crap. Yeah. It allows you, gives you so much more power and liberates you to actually go out and be powerful. Um, can you tell me a little bit about finding clarity? Oh, that's a beautiful one. So it's almost like, Dominique, if there was a ladder and if the foundation of, of success, and you know what, and if success is, is happiness, is living by your values. Actually, to me, success is peace, joy, love, and freedom. Those mm -hmm. four. If you are peaceful, if you are joyful, if you have love in your life and self-love, essentially. And this is for men and women. This yep. is not just about women. This is men and women um, and freedom, of course. But clarity is really about um, knowing what your values are and, 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 and being really clear that you are aligned. So I think that a, a human um, will, will think things, will speak things and will act out things. And I think that if we can really start thinking about what we value and get it into our heart mm -hmm. and then to actually start walking out talk and actually and, and actually going through there like that. So, so a lot of the work that I do um, for myself um, and, and, and for my kids, my family, and that is, is help people and my clients is to actually go, you know, what do you really value in all the areas? And so that can cause people to then leave um, relationships, to leave current workplaces to leave businesses to change um, in health practices and so when we get right underneath and so very often so someone says that they want to give I mean I've had um, clients that have um, you know men and women that have addictions mm -hmm. addictions to alcohol addictions to drugs and they have um, you know have worked so hard over their lifetime um, to try and give up those things that are going to affect their health wealth and relationships and so sometimes all we've got to do is get right underneath and find the whys for this work and then to help people to be accountable for those um, and to stick with it. And you know what? We just we need support, right? My second book called True Believers is about um, having the support, you know, having we've all had non-believers around us and we've been non-believer in our own life. But to have clarity um, around your values, sometimes we just need the right people, you know, around us. And so, um, you know, sometimes to, to live by your values... You have to leave a current situation. And I've certainly done that a few times in my lifetime um, mm. to take that to the next level so that I'm living with people that um, are like-minded or, or working with like-minded, similar people with values.
I, I th- that's a really interesting point. As you're talking, I was being drawn to different experiences in my own life and readings and people that I admire. Um, one person, Simon Sinek, if anyone's out there, listen to his podcast and read his book. It's, it starts with why, I think it is. He talks about finding your why. What is it that's driving you? And that's getting very, very clear on that and understanding what it is that's driving all of your decisions and behaviors will help you actually build wealth. It'll help you go and lose weight. It'll help you be a better version of yourself. Then as you were talking, there was another interesting thing because if you're starting to work in in alignment with your values, you understand what your why is and you're speaking your truth and you're speaking the things that you want to bring into fruition, um, There's this is a scientific term, but we all have a part of our brain called the reticular activating system, which sounds like you're familiar with. And it's basically the pattern recognition part of your brain. So if you sit with a friend and they say, hey, I just bought a Mini, and you start seeing Mini cars everywhere or you're aware of wanting to watch a movie and you start seeing it everywhere, it's your brain bringing into fruition, this is important to you, pay attention out there for this particular thing. So as you're saying, if you become very aligned with your why, understand your value, start speaking your truth, suddenly you start looking for things and ways and your brain subconsciously is saying, where are the paths for me to achieve what we're visualizing or what we're trying to go out there and and look for. You're totally right. And, you know, the old saying, you know, what you focus on grows. And Mm. once that starts happening... And, and you can really go deep into that, you know, so whatever that area of your life is. And, um, you know, no, you're, you're, you're totally right. But it is, um, you know, having the, the, the right people, the right environment around you um, is, is, is also a really, really important um, piece um, just to support whatever it is that your, your values are and what you're going for. Yeah. Well, you're right, because it, it, if, if you are speaking that, and that's the reason why she brought it up, thank you for reminding me, is that... Um, by having that vision, you'll recruit people around you. I can't achieve all this by myself. Yeah. Neither can you. You've yeah. got Amy that supports yeah. you. Yeah. Tony's here in the room helping us out with putting all this together. Peter's upstairs. We've got Connie. There's all these people around us here to support yeah. you know, this vision and bring it forward and bring it to life. Yeah. Now, there was two, two interesting things that I came across. You talk about productivity mm-hmm. and then purpose. Mm-hmm. Productivity is quite literally how to get things done. I'm a little bit obsessed with productivity. So it may have been, you know, um, when I was in real estate, for instance, you know, you're you're working, um, you're juggling a lot, right? You know, know, mentally, you know, sometimes financially, got kids going to private schools, all of that, Um, you know, looking after properties, looking after, you know, all sorts of things. And so you can be really pulled, you know, mentally, physically, you know, all of that. And so I think what happened in my life is I got obsessed with trying to um, really stack time and leverage time. Then when I then started to unpack that, when I wrote How to Have It All and, and I talk about 10 really important productivity tools, um, is that that's it. So that if, if responsibility is a foundation and then getting really clear on what you value, a lot of people then fail at the how, which is the productivity, which mm-hmm. is getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. And so probably my biggest tip, Actually, I'll give you two top tips on productivity. And so, number one, I've already mentioned, and I'm really passionate about this, is stay out of drama. I've actually got a, um, a personal value and a personal energy that, and then when I have a client in front of me, is that I reckon that the right way to be is to, if, if you have anything um, to say, is let's have it about ourselves or let's have it um, in a very positive, wonderful way uh, about people that we might be speaking at. 
I reckon it's a real waste of time, energy, and, and not good energetically um, to um, speak of people in an ill way. So I think a lot of people waste time, are unproductive, because they get locked into what he's doing or what he shouldn't be doing, what she's doing, or and they, they get become persecutors, essentially. That's one of the drama pieces. Yep. Or they can get stuck in yesterday. They, you know, when you look at, um, you know, what happened yesterday, what happened... So for me, the little kind of way I try to hold myself accountable is go, you know what, what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and you've got to do a bit of work on this stuff. I mean, I meditate. I, I, do, a, I, I, I do a three-hour morning routine. So, you know, I've done that for like you know, 15 years, you know, I'm, I'm still Botox free, you know, I'm 51, so I think I'm doing all right. But I reckon that's, apart from my mother having really good skin, it's about, you know, like really looking after yourself from the inside out. You don't have a lot of frown lines. No, no. I'm, not like I, me, I've got a crease in no, the middle of my no, forehead. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not going to um, have a few little injections yeah, one day, yeah. but at the moment I'm trying to hold off. But the point is productivity. So the second tip about, uh, after staying out of drama with productivity is is don't do low-value tasks. So, you, you know, you've got a team around you. There's things that Dominique does that are high-value for you, but there's things that you don't want to be doing or shouldn't be doing that you give to somebody else, and that becomes their high-value task, yeah? Mm-hmm. And so what we've got to always do is most people pick up an item and they go, you know, will I do that? The actual question that we should first ask is, will I not do that? Mm. And so then is, will I delete it? Will I say no to it? We say yes to too much. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's about getting obsessed with that and saying, you know, what is it? So I said yes to you because I love your energy. I love your mindset. I love your philosophy. You know, and so I said, yeah. And, but I'm not going to say yes to everybody on a podcast because my time, I'm so obsessed with time, you know. And, and you know, because you know why we want to be obsessed with time? Because time's all we've got. You know, like, a, and, uh, you know, I, I finish all my all my work saying every minute counts and you can have it all. You know, and if you can truly um, be so respectful of your own time, you're going to be respectful for others. And you can hear my voice again. I'm on one of my excited kind of energy rants. You're but, in flow. But I'm in flow. But, you know, I really feel passionate about this as people. So it's, it's not too hard to get people to stay out of drama. It's not too hard to get them to work at their values. Where people fail is on productivity. So that's where we've really got to go to work with almost doing the freeze test. Anything that we touch, so this is a tip, anything that we touch is you've got to say, is what I'm doing now aligned with my values and should I be doing it but should I really be not doing it? And then to work work that. So there's a lot of other uh, tips on productivity but that'd be my main ones. And everything you're discussing there just reminds me of Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. Yeah. You know, focus on on the critical task, work what, things that are adding the most value to your organisation, and what what can I do or pass on to someone else? Absolutely. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your current book? I haven't, I don't know much about it. What, what's True what's? Well, tell us about True Believers and how that works, and and what what the a, a true believer is someone that has a lot of belief, conviction, and commitment. Um. So, and the thing about belief is. Belief is not always essential to success in the beginning. It's it's actually having the courage to walk forward in the face of self-doubt. So I reckon that um, the quality of a true believer is someone that's courageous. You spoke about that before. Is courageous to leave something that's not working. Courageous to put yourself a little bit at risk. Courageous to invest in something that might be a little bit out there. Because we're often, we're a product of our history. You know, we, you know, and and so a true believer is someone that. Um, that, that does, does have that, that courage to walk forward. As far as the conviction is that when you really look after yourself and you're really aligned with your values, 
stuff that's not working is just going to fall off you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so for me, you know, you know, I've, I've 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 worked hard, like everybody, a lot of us, and I've worked really hard, and and I haven't always pleased everybody in my life, um, because I've been aligned with my values. But guess what? Now, a, a great leadership, whether it be where a mum or whether it be, you know, it doesn't you don't have to be in business to be a great leader. Uh, whether you be a dad, great leadership is when you walk forward with conviction, aligned with your values, and you look back and you go. Hi, are you following me? You know, so to me, that's great leadership instead of pulling people to you and, and trying to. So to me, the influence that, that, we can, that we can have when we're a true believer, look at some of the great true believers in history, you know, some of the great orators like uh, Obama, you know, um, Hillary Clinton, you know, all some of those incredible people that um, will command an audience with their conviction. Unfortunately, there's also some other people that have gone into positions of big power globally right now mm-hmm. that have a lot of conviction and their conviction will sell people and it might not necessarily always be the thing. So you've also got to be careful um, then to understand where conviction comes from with people and then commitment. Mm-hmm. And commitment is just aligning with your values, um, being committed to that. And so, and for me, the, when you see someone with lots of conviction, it's someone that is really clear on their why, as you said, Simon Sinek. Um, there's a, a great uh, psychologist uh, called um, Carolyn Dweck, and she um, talks about... Great book, Fixed, yeah. fixed in the Growth yeah, Mindsets. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and so so the thing is that many people will come to me and say, because, you know, I'm not really good at that. I'm not really good at... I, I can't do a morning routine so I'm not good in the morning. I'm not really um, good at um, sales. So I couldn't possibly sell anything. And, oh, my parents were not investors in, in, in property or real estate or anything. So, you know, I'm, I'm very conservative with that. And I say, okay... You know, the, the key there is to know that the brain, as you talked about, the brain has the ability to change and to grow. And so if we if we get rid of that old, um, really self-sabotage, or that old thinking or that old excuses, and we go, no, actually, today I can make the decision. It's like my kids, right? You know, my, my daughter wants to say, Mom, you know, I'm not good at school. I'm not going to do well. And I say, sweetheart, you know, it, 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 let's look at the things that you love and the things that you want to focus on. And let's just change that thinking because, you know, you can actually go do really, really. She's just actually passed. So she's just uh, spent the last, I'm proud mum moment here. Yeah. Mum moment. Um, she's just finished. I'm quite excited. Um, and, and I get um, I get a little bit emotional with, um, with, with things sometimes. But I'm not going to get emotional today. But she's just finished two years um, study. And so she's now an interior designer. Uh-huh, you know good. what I'm really proud about? With, with her and, and, and as with others is when someone decides what they really value, what they love, and they follow that passion. Um, as a thought leader's uh, partner um, and, uh, you know, our mantra is do work you love with people that you love the way that you want. And I'm just so excited that my kids um, are actually doing stuff that they want. So with Isabella, with the fixed mindset, mm-hmm. she went, oh, mum, I'm not good at school. I'm not going to be able to do that. Oh, mum, I'm just going to have to get a job in your And I said, sweetheart, you know, Carolyn Dweck says, kids don't care when I say stuff like that, um, but you've got to, you know, start really, um, you know, what do you love, Izzy? What do you want to do, sweetheart? And then she went and she's done this and now she's going to have more successful career. And that creates greater wealth, doesn't it? So a true believer has this amazing, almost infectious quality where they attract people with their energy. Mm-hmm. And like all of us, we are still prone to the peaks and valleys of life. And so, you know, a couple of times a year, oh, we'll have times of self-doubt, times of questioning myself, you know, am I good enough? Can I do this? Oh, my gosh. I've had a lot of that over my lifetime. And so 
you know, there's things that we've got to do, all the things we've talked about today that help us to have that better mindset to drag us out of that. You know, we've all had that right. Yep. And, yeah. It's a daily practice. Yeah, absolutely. It's a daily so. practice. It's why we read, it's why we listen to podcasts, it's why we do all that to remind yeah. ourselves to build better tools yeah. and accountability in our own mind. Yeah. So let me ask you, we're, yet, we're nearing the end of the show. I'm sorry to keep you for so long. Oh, I love it. Um, so tell me, what does being wealthy mean to you? Well, you know what? I, I believe that, um, that money is no guarantee for fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And so I believe once we're aware of that, I, I believe it's also important to know that it's really, really, hap- uh, really, really difficult to be fulfilled when we're struggling mm-hmm. around money. So for me, what wealth means is, um, is that we have, um, we look around us and we have peace because we're not struggling around money. We have joy. So we're enjoying the fruits of our labor. We're enjoying the great holidays, the, 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 the clean, comfy car, the, the beautiful home that, 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 that is mortgage free. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're enjoying, um, you know, going to a nice restaurant, and not having to look at the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so the joy piece and love, um, because you know what, if we are struggling and financially and we don't have the wealth and we don't have time to spend with the people that matter, there's not going to be love in our lives. No. And so it's really, really important. And, and then the final one is freedom, freedom in every single way. So for me, wealth is about really walking, w- working and walking towards the path of uh, peace, joy, love and freedom. Love it. And what would be your top piece of advice for someone who wants to be wealthy? I reckon I'm going to give you my four Ds. Okay. Okay, so there's four Ds. It's easy to remember, yeah? So I reckon that you um, make a decision. Mm-hmm. That's number D. That's the first D. Make a decision about what you want next, so what you want to create. So, And I reckon that if you don't have financial intelligence, it should be the decision to get some advice on how to be financially intelligent. That's number one. The second D is direction. Mm-hmm. And that's about to, um, making the decision to go in a direction aligned with your values. Yep. And so um, I love vision boards, like doing a nice vision board and putting sort of some things on the vision board, a healthy you, you know, love and, and you know, maybe the house that you want to buy. And is it is it by the water? Is it in the, is, is it in the, in the bush? You know, where is it? Um, and uh, so that's direction. You can see I'm excited now. I'm, yeah. I'm getting all excited. You're visualising. I can see yeah, your yeah, house I'm in going, your mind. Oh my God, oh my God. And, um, and the third D is discipline. So that's when, like you said before, I love what you said. It's like, kind of like, you know, whether we want to do something or not, sometimes you're actually going to have to do things that are a little bit uncomfortable and be courageous. So that's what discipline is. Yep. And the fourth and final D is destination. Okay. Is to really, really, to actually get to the destination that you want this lifetime. Don't end your life in regrets, as Bronnie Ware would say. You know, don't... Uh, don't be miserable and to be happy today. So there is a today destination. Every single day, every, every day I actually wake up. And that's going to sound a little bit kind of next level. Um, but every day I, I wake up and go, you know what? I'm making a decision that this is going to be the best day of my life. You know, so I just broke my foot. So I was dancing nine and a half weeks ago and I was having the best day of my life. I'm five foot four. The ceiling was low. I was on a boat on Sydney Harbour. I had 100 friends around me and I was jumping like mm-hmm. a crazy woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought, oh, my God, look at me. I'm so young. I'm jumping. I broke my foot. I broke the fourth and the fifth metatarsal. I've only just come out of a wheelchair. And I had so many people say to me, you're not depressed? And I went, why am I depressed? I don't have 
don't have cancer, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I said it's a little bit annoying, mm. you know, like it's, it's kind of everything's so bloody slow, but I'm learning stuff through it. So I just started to take the high road. And that's what I want to encourage people to do is to to always be grateful and to see, you know, what it is in every day that you could be, you know, happy and grateful for and to build on that for your future destination. Love it. Love the four Ds. And aside from your own two books, yeah. what is the most, uh, what, what book do you hand out or tell people people about the most? Yeah. Um, I have been uh, handing a, a lot of uh, a book that um, some of my colleagues, um, Matt Church, Peter Cook and Scott Stein wrote called Thought Leaders Practice. Is that the book he handed me upstairs? I did, I did. It's Two fantastic. of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a lot of reading to do. Yeah, right? I do. Um, but why not? Uh? Um, and uh, so that book is incredible because it helps you to um, basically do what I did. I'm very grateful for coming across um, this the, the opportunity to sort of see. Um, so a lot of us kind of are in a, a job or a role that we don't love and we're all kind of on remote control. And um, you're a thought leader, clearly. You know, what you're developing now and, and, the, and the work that you're writing, et cetera, is to be able to start extracting the expertise out. And you guess what? You don't retire from this stuff. You know, whenever I hear someone that says, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm really working hard to retire, and I think, well, that's really sad. Most people get sick after they retire. Mm -hmm. And so being a thought leader is uh, someone, it is a labour of love, but it's someone that actually creates a lot of thinking. And essentially what we do is we solve people's problems that pay commercially. So we actually, um, we make a living from helping people. It's very fulfilling work. Sounds wonderful and similar to what I do daily. Yeah, absolutely. Christina, thank you very much for coming on today. We unpacked so much. I hope everybody out there got uh, a little bit of information out of the two of us sort of rambling on about the different books and learnings. Um, I got to hear your life story, so thank you very much for that. And for any of you that want to reach Christina, where can they find you? Um, we'll probably just uh, check out the website and there's a contact page there. So it's just my name, christinaguidotti.com. So, yeah, happy to, to chat with anyone that wants a little bit more information about today. And thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I, I, as you, as you, I love to share messages and, and love to be around other true believers. So, um, yeah, Dominic, I'm, I'm really grateful to have met you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, yeah. Christina. Thank you. Catch you all later.